Welcome in, Loons fans, to a new podcast here on the Sound of the Loons podcast feed. Jonathan Harrison here, radio host for Minnesota United Radio Broadcasts. This will be the Loons Match Day Preview, a podcast that we do weekly underneath the Sound of the Loons podcast feed. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You're already listening. You don't have to download a new feed. It'll be right here week in and week out. Myself joined by varying guests throughout the season. This week, we're joined by Chief Development Officer Manny Lagos to preview this week in Major League Soccer, the opening game, as well as Austin FC versus Minnesota United. And we do hint on and talk a little bit about the upcoming Columbus game, the home opener at Allianz Field next week. Enjoy. Jonathan Harrison here, radio host alongside Chief Development Officer Manny Lagos. Manny, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing very well. Thank you. Excited to be on and excited. Uh, the timing of it obviously is uh, at the end of preseason and, and we're getting going here. Yeah, excited to get uh, this edition of Sound of the Loons going. Manny will be a frequent guest. We'll, we'll be interviewing some outside sources as well about uh, just kind of getting ready, getting Loons fans ready each and every week for the upcoming game at hand. And Manny, perfect time, as you said, end of preseason, season kicked off, MLS season kicked off last night down in Miami, Inter-Miami 2, Real Salt Lake nil. Uh, a pair of goals there for Miami. Your thoughts on the season opener down there? Well, I think, um, you know, it was a spectacle, which was exciting. Yeah. From a league standpoint, the presentation was outstanding. I thought, um, you know, when you see those celebrities and you kind of see the, the fanfare, it certainly gets you excited because the, the league has kind of gotten to a point now where it's got great stadium. It's got great crowds. And definitely that was an event last night. And, and it was because of uh, the greatest player of all time is in our league and which just elevates everything. And I, and I love that elevation because um, it still has to have a product that's on the field. And I thought for an opening game, it was somewhat like an opening game. Like teams didn't weren't polished last night. There was definitely a, you know, kind of ebb and flow where both teams had good moments and both teams looked like they're very early into their season. Yeah, absolutely. You could see kind of where uh, the, the the preseason hype for Miami is there as well. You can see the preseason hype for Real Salt Lake as well and kind of the questions that surround both of those teams. And it's exciting to see that even as stacked as they are, there is still some questions and there's still ways that uh, teams will be able to attack Miami throughout the season. It's going to be a long season, going to be an interesting season. And obviously, Miami already has a second game coming up this weekend, and we'll get into the slate of games coming up. But uh, I kind of want to start diving into Minnesota United's game this week, down in Austin, opening up the season at Q2 Stadium in Austin, Texas. And we'll start off with the host. We'll get to more Minnesota United-related topics later on in the show. But let's start off with Austin. They're an interesting team. Obviously, second place in 2022 in the Western Conference, but then fell off mightily last year, down in uh, 12th place in the Western Conference. You kind of look at uh, their their goal differential. It changed the amount of goals they scored in 2022, 65, uh, fell off precipitously down to 49. They let in more goals as well. It, it all led to a disappointing season for a team that looked like they were on the up and up. I, it's still hard to figure out all these months later, what exactly went wrong for them last season? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a great question. And um, I mean, I, I start with, for us, obviously, I think there's some ideal things about the game this weekend in Austin. First of all, it's not in the summer. 
Um, yeah, helps. Them at a really good time in terms of the climate, because again, it, it is a lot harder. And this is a credit to them. And I, and I do think they're very similar to us uh, from a fan base standpoint. You know, I think you, you got a debatable of, of the top five, you know, toughest place with fans to go play. Yeah. I put Minnesota United in Austin uh, right up there. Um, and so I think from a mentality standpoint for us, we're going to have to be ready to deal with that on the, the away side, that just the, the, the fans are there for their team. Even last year, they seemed to support the team even when they struggled and really pushed them to probably some results that maybe they didn't deserve. Um, so on the field for us, it, it really is going to be important that we're mentally ready for an opening game. And that means that we're organized, we're structured, we're ready to play them. Uh, but you're exactly right. I think Austin uh, as a team is in a transition moment because, you know, it was Jekyll and Hyde two, two years, a year ago, fairly similar roster. You know, I, I think a lot of their issues, I think defensively um, might've had some changes there, but overall um, they really dropped off and they lost a lot of confidence. And I'm sure uh, their new um, sporting director uh, wants to get off the foot running. Um, I think they've, um, uh, you know, looked at how they're going to come out of it based on the fact that it, it didn't quite make sense the year that they had. So ultimately it's going to be a really fascinating game for us to play. Um, Druisi still is the guy. He still is yeah. the one that they're going to play the ball through. They're going to go through him. You know, we certainly felt uh, one of our, you know, kind of historically worst performance was the four one loss here last year down in the field. And and he did an outstanding job against us. I I think Zardis is always a dangerous player. He's maybe not the most prolific goal scorer he was when he was younger, but he's somebody that makes good runs. He's somebody that's smart. He, he's honest. So he'll press well. He'll he'll really get across the near post to really open up uh the far post for other players. Um so again, they, they have elements there that we have to be aware of and that that they're Definitely in a moment where I think they probably want to set a tone, which I think is actually an opportunity for us. Because, again, if you look at our last preseason game, and I think we've given the circumstance of the offseason and, and the challenges we've had to kind of build into our own kind of navigating not making the playoffs last year, I mean, it hasn't been easy. But um, I'm excited for the group. I, I think our last preseason game showed a lot of structure and professionalism that's ready to go down and compete in Austin. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for this season to get started and be on the, be on the broadcast for it on 1500 ESPN, 7 PM uh, for that broadcast starts 7 30 PM for the kickoff for that one. Uh, continuing on with Austin, you said Jerese is the guy and he absolutely is. He was uh, stunning in moments last year though. Uh, he had 22 goals in 2022 that fell off to just 11 goals last year. Uh, they still have a number of really good attackers and players on their squad, though the entire squad is probably one of the smaller ones in the league. I think there's just like 22, 24 guys on the roster. So it's a very thin roster, one that they'll have to build out. As you said, sporting director Rodolfo Burrell, uh, new in charge there as of late last season, still getting his feet under him in MLS. Uh, as we know, it's uh, it's a can be a difficult adjustment to make to this league with all the roster rules and all the different compliances that you have to work your way around. So still working their way around there, but they have a number of new additions, Diego Rubio, Matt Hedges, two MLS veterans there. That'll definitely change things for them in the defense and offense that Diego Rubio won alongside Giazzi's artists, as you mentioned, I think will be very interesting for their attack. Yeah, it's, it's a good one for me. Cause I, again, I think both those players, you know, score in bunches, but then can go cold. Um, depending on how you deal with them, but they're both, like I said, very honest players, you know, Diego's kind of a, a interesting one. Cause he is a fighter, you know, he, yeah. he really uh, puts all into the game and, and it, it's a weird one. Cause it, it's either really effective 
or it looks like, oh, this guy's having like a horrible game. But in the end, I think he's a good addition for them that we have to be aware of. Um, he's certainly played against us many times over the years at Colorado. So I think he knows us well. Um, and again, his energy and effort might help push them in a different direction than they were last year. And there's no doubt it'll be interesting to see how he and Zardes kind of either combine and or fight for the position, uh, who gets the starting nod. So, um, again, I, I think with Dreesi, anybody who's an attacker on that team has got to be excited just because Dreesi has an ability to both create and score, which tends to open up opportunities for other players in the field, particularly attacking players. Absolutely. It's it's they're a very interesting team with a lot of questions. I know there was question marks about uh, Josh Wolf going into the offseason. They they stuck with him, which as a guy from the outside, I generally tend to think sticking with coaches for the longer term instead of kind of rushing them off after two years uh, after one poor year tends to be the smarter thing. Having having that uh, having having the stability. I tend to like more, but obviously we know in this world of soccer, uh, it's growing less and less that teams give their coaches stability and time to develop their units. And I think this will be an interesting year for them for sure. And, you know, they're, they're an interesting team, but so are Minnesota United as, as there's been a lot of offseason conversation about them. There's no way around it, Manny. We talked about this before the show, the offseason adversity with the head coaching change still left to be decided there. Uh, interim manager Cameron Knowles will take charge for week one. Your thoughts uh, from the inside about the uh, the offseason adversity with the new sporting director and the still vacant head coaching spot. Yeah, I, I think it's not a normal timeline uh, in general. And I think that's an honest assessment of the reality that we really want to try to grow and get this right. Um, getting our sporting director in and making sure he was somewhat settled before we started the coaching circuit was massively important. And again, that timeline was affected. And so sometimes you have to really take a deep breath and realize that, you know, the, as we're building into this, there is a bigger picture. And even though in the week by week moment of the off season, when you're, you're looking at wanting things to be settled, sometimes you just can't control everything you control. And, and ultimately for me, um, as we're winding down to some hopefully big news over the next couple of weeks in terms of the head coaching position, um, we're also going to show that we're going to start off strong because we had a great six weeks of training. You know, we had Cam Knowles and his staff come in um, and really put great work in. I, I thought they did a great job of, of of just making sure the club and the group that's going to step out on the field uh, Saturday and the guys that are on that bench are ready to fight and battle for the club. And I, I think, um, you know, a good example of that was, I think our last preseason game in Charlotte was a very structured professional outing uh, where we showed the qualities that we have and the core that we have that's ready to kind of step on the field and compete. So you're right. Um, I don't want to pretend it hasn't been uh, completely smooth sailing or exactly how you want it. But again, I, I think there's elements of the diversity side that we had this offseason that we're going to have in a different way once this thing gets up and running. And we're going to ask our guys in the club to, to solve them, to compete and, uh, you know, get back to the playoffs, frankly. Yeah. Uh, with with the new change in, at the sporting director, there's also been word that there's going to be a new vision for how the team plays on the field. Obviously, we don't want to go too much into it and give away all the details, but there's preseason video out there. What what for you has been the most striking difference um, between what what Minnesota United fans have become accustomed to over the last seven years, as opposed to what will be new on the field this year for the squad. Sure, I I think um, a couple of things. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, part of yeah. part of the, the 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 balance of trying to navigate your alignment of the identity of of 
who you are and how you want to play. And then the habits and the personality of that individual or group coming out takes time. And it, it takes both time, both in preseason and it takes time within a season to, to really build in the mold you want. And it takes time in, within uh, the profiles of players and habits they want to get to. So ultimately, I, I think, you know, the goal is to kind of really push higher up the field. It's, it's trying to really kind of, um, you know, have an ability to press and repress at moments that really make sense. So, you know, you're not looking at uh, always having a low block or you're in games where you're, you're sitting in a low block and you can't quite get out. Uh, there's a goal for us to kind of, push the game a little bit more into the the final third or middle third. So then we have maybe shorter distance to attack when we win the ball, but also means we have the ball in better spots to kind of solve if we want to keep it or if we want to go forward. And I, I thought the guys, you know, from, from my perspective, did a great job of really pushing themselves this preseason and, and their habits of, of maybe the way we were a little bit differently the last couple of years to trying to really get into that mold. And again, it, it's going to take some time, uh, but it's also exciting to see the work of the last six weeks and you got a, a weekend game here now to see how that works been put into place. I always say the first game isn't the end all be all. It's not like this says this or that. If, if that was yeah. the case last night for Miami or Arcel, they'd be pressing their own panic buttons because in their own ways, I didn't think either team was really that sharp. Uh, but certainly for us, it's exciting to get off and running and seeing how the work of the last six weeks imposes itself on this away game at Austin, tough environment. Uh, so it's exciting again. And, and it's part of the excitement I think of, of the shift of the club and the goals of the club uh, on a go forward basis. Yeah, absolutely. There's a bunch of new faces to talk about as well. And, and Victor Eriksson, the defender from Sweden, who's got one uh, Swedish national team call up for himself there. will join the backfield. Uh, Caden Clark, Minnesota boy uh, had a little bit of a rough stretch over the last couple of years, but uh, returns home now returns to the loons. Uh, I'm excited. I think he, among all of the off season, well, it's not really off season because he joined late, late last season, but uh, of the new additions coming into 2024, I think I'm most excited to see what he can do. See if uh, he can get back into the form that we saw him in 2021 when he was putting in four goals, three assists for the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, I mean, listen, Caden's only 20 years old. He, yeah. he has started his journey, and he'll have a lot of mountains uh, to climb in the future, and he's already climbed a lot of mountains. So I think it's going to be important for him, you know, to to really understand that um, this is a part of the journey of a pro soccer player. And I, and I think it's a great opportunity for us to have someone like him on our roster. I think it's a great opportunity for him to come home, uh, to be somewhere settled, and to kind of uh, reignite the what he's shown as a, as a young, up-and-coming kind of national team player. Uh, so it's a really exciting time, and I think we're excited for him. And, and he's been working very hard. He had a few little light injuries here and there. But overall, um, I think he's gotten through preseason. I'm excited for the season to start. And like you said, I, I think don't think there's a player on our roster at this point that's going to be really important to be ready to contribute. Uh, certainly, I think this weekend, one of the nice things is we got a core. we got a core of players, mm -hmm. you know, Sonny, Lode, Trap in the midfield, our, our guys who um, – Ariaga, our guys who can really, I think – command a midfield um it makes me think that even this weekend we could dominate the midfield uh, away which i wouldn't probably say every game away we could do that but that provides us an opportunity of, of playing a certain way and then certainly the familiarity of tapas and box boxhole i think through preseason has shown that you know that's going to really set up a good spine for us to compete against austin Tapias last year was outstanding i felt that he was one of the best additions that the club has made in a number of years even with uh, what Bang Hukle Hongwane did last year, I thought Tapias was outstanding. It went kind of under the radar uh, across nationally, across the league. But what he did filling in 
and slotting in almost seamlessly alongside Michael Boxel in that back line was impressive. And I'm excited to see the step forward he makes into year two in MLS. And that kind of goes along with uh, the additions of Victor Erickson, the draft pick of Hugo Bacharach. That there's some some new youth into the defense, which I know a couple of years ago was starting to get a little on the older side. And those questions in that that has been revitalized now. Michael Boxel still there uh, leading the way in that back line. But with Erickson, with Bacharach, with Tapias joining in uh, or staying for another season here, does that open up the possibility, do you think, of more flexibility tactic wise of maybe instead of just a four man back line, go to a three or five man back line? Yeah, I really think, first of all, the great, great comment about Tapias. You know, I think sometimes, you know, you you tend to talk about players that have things to be talked about. And there is a sneakily a, a, a good sense of a player having a good, good year because they're consistent because you're not talking about them. Um, and I think that kind of falls in the line with Tapias in terms of like he has been very steady, whether it's passing the ball to the back or whether it's his positional play or whether it's his kind of combination with Boxel figuring out how to make sure consistently game in and game out, we, we've got a good defensive spine and, and they've done a great job. So to your point, I'm excited for the two of them, um, you know, to kind of get up and running and, and see if they can continue the kind of stuff they showed in preseason in the regular season. And I think you're right. When you talk about Erickson, talk about Bacharach, you talk about um, even frankly, you know, the Caden Clarks, these guys that have a little more versatility in their positioning, Joseph Rosales, I think it allows you to think about uh, an evolution that makes sure the club can evolve into if it has to play a back three sometimes or it has to play a back five that turns into three or, you know, again, there, there's a way that you can play a four or a four, one, four, one. So to me, there is a nice evolution here where you can kind of build player profiles, but you're also looking at the different systems that can give us success. And having that flexibility, I think, in modern day soccer is incredibly important because the the evolution of the tactics, the players in the game is so fast. Um, I think going into this year, an ability to be flexible our system is going to be vital uh, for us to compete successfully. Yeah, absolutely. Bouncing back uh, from a rough 2023 season for the Loons is on the way, just a couple days away, Minnesota United at Austin FC this Saturday, uh, 7 p.m. pre-match show, 7.30 p.m. kickoff on 1500 ESPN with myself and Dan Terrar on the radio call for that. You can watch the game also on Apple TV as well. Excited to get going, Manny. Uh, as we look towards bouncing back, there will be important players, and a lot of that revolves around up top, uh, getting the scoring back going. Uh, the finish connection between Robin Lode and Timu Puki. I'm excited to see how it how it comes together this year because we were robbed of it a little bit uh, last year because of Robin Lode's injury. He's back now, uh, back in the attack alongside Timu Puki, who really came alive late in uh, late in the season last year. Uh, took him a little bit to get going, but when he did, man, putting putting four goals in, I, I believe it was four goals if I'm remembering correctly, against LA yeah. Galaxy. So much fun to see at Allianz Field. I'm excited to see where how he gets going in this season. Yeah, that was a special day at Allianz for sure. We we didn't have as quite as many highlights as we wanted, particularly at home last year. We didn't we didn't win as nearly as we have really made that fortress. So I really hope we can turn that piece around. But in terms of the um, the Pookie load, I, I love your comment. I mean, it's exactly right. I mean, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm I'm a fan of you know the Finnish national team over the last ten years and the combination mm -hmm. of those two and what they've done together at that level. And so I think if there's some excitement, unknown things about. Uh, particularly this game this weekend and for us as a club and our success, particularly, you know, trying to score more goals and be a little bit more creative attacking wise, there's no doubt. Um, 
I think the the load Pookie kind of combination and the fact that those two have played together in the national team for so many years is exciting. It's exciting to see uh, how that will come about. It's exciting to see if they can make it work. Um, and again, I'm, as a fan, I am so looking forward because again, they're two great guys, two great players, two guys that they have been consummate professionals, their career. Uh, they have the quality to change games uh, in different ways and how they do it. Um, and I'm excited to see the two of them on the field together. Yeah, they'll they'll be alongside Emmanuel Reynoso eventually. I mean, he'll he picked up a knock reportedly in training this week, so we'll see what his availability is uh, to start the season on Saturday. But uh, as we mentioned, the adversity uh, throughout the off season for the club, there was adversity last year with Emmanuel Reynoso uh, arriving late. But when he did, man, he was he lit a fire under this team and was absolutely electric. Uh, excited once again. Uh, that there's that word again, excited. Uh, you can't get away from it at this time of the year, but really interested to see how he fits in alongside how he fits in alongside Robin load. Now with that, with that partnership that he developed last year with Timu Puki. Uh, we saw that in the Houston game, that incredible one touch, one pass turn to Timu Puki that set him off from half field and set Puki off to the races for his first goal for the club. I'm excited to see that, that partnership develop, but then you also add in the, the dynamics, the the dynamics of Robin Lode, who we know is who can be a threat, who can be creative. You put all those, you put those three guys together in the attack. That's a very, very dangerous attack. Yeah, there's no doubt. You, you've got Lode, Reynoso, Bongi, Puki, yep. uh, you know, Fraga. You throw in there, and then obviously, the goal is obviously to, to push higher, so we get our outside backs higher and contributing more and, and crossing more and more waves of attacks. I think than we had last year it gets exciting and it, it certainly is a, a balance of making sure we have good defense, but there's no doubt, um, you know, Renee Renoso coming back, hopefully fit and hungry to contribute and really, you know, kind of sparking, like you said, to some of those passes to Puki at key moments that game in Columbus was unbelievable. Uh, there's several, I think in Houston, he had another one. This is very similar kind of a, a way of, of how Puki is so good playing off a defender's shoulder and being ready to run, before everybody else. And, and Ray is one of those special players that, that sees the field, you know, a few seconds before the entire stadium sees it. So it's exciting. And it'll be exciting to see the three of them co combine. It'll be exciting. Bongi getting back, combining a uh, young guy in St. Ben, who's had a very good preseason. It's going to be exciting to see his evolution uh, from last year to this year. He's worked his butt off. He worked his butt off in preseason. So there's going to be some exciting stuff here. And you, you brought up Reynoso. We know, uh, in the right moments with the fitness, the mentality of, 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 of wanting to contribute offensively, we, we can't have one of the better attacks in the league. You don't have to wait for spring training to start playing the beautiful game this year. Minnesota United has a full slate of academy and youth camps scheduled throughout 2024. Show off your skills, take your game to the next level, and enjoy some quality time on the field with MNUFC's licensed academy staff. Visit the Camps and Combines page on MNUFC.com for more information. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen that in sparks, in, in fits and starts. And when it does get going, it is really fun to watch, especially with Reynoso's playmaking. But a guy that we've kind of, we've mentioned here and there, and we've danced around so far, Banghukle Hongwane, an incredibly impressive season. And I've seen uh, some of the national commentators talking about this being his breakout year. And I think 
that was last year, 17 goals and 38 <laughs> appearances across all competitions. If that isn't a breakout year, I don't know what is. I mean, I'm excited to see what this kid can do uh, as he's as he's taken giant steps each of the first two years that he's been in this league. Uh, we saw that at the start when he got here in 2022. It was rough around the edges, but as the season wore on, he really started to feel himself into this league and started to play really well in 2023. As we said, 17 goals in all competitions was really impressive. And he really, it really felt you could really see his confidence on the field last year. I'm excited uh, to see how he fits in with this attack, because we've mentioned there's a lot of names and there's, there's only a certain amount of positions and players you can put on the field. It's going to be really interesting for Cameron Knowles week one to decide who's going to, who's going to play in. And on top of all of this for Bongi, he's got, he's got extra motivation after being left out of the South African squad for AFCON. I'm it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to that and uses that as motivation this year. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's always tough sometimes mentally on a young man who's been contributing to the national team and that he doesn't yeah. get called for one of the bigger national team events uh, every couple of years. And, and um, I'm sure it was tough for him, but I, I also agree with you in terms of um, it was just outstanding last year. And one of the things I like to tell people, I like the goals that we all do. We need them. And he, he contributed goals and he really, I, I'm, just to give more insight, I am so impressed with his defensive work rate and sometimes people think defensive work means just running all over the field and like, you know, like just pressing or, or you know, working hard. And Bongi, I think, has this ability to get in position, tuck in so you really stop these penetrating passes. And then once you do that, he does a great job of what I call pressing and squeezing to make sure the ball is going to go back. Our team can get up the field and we can try to start winning the ball higher up the field. And it is not an easy concept to even see. It's even harder to actually execute. It's even harder to execute for 90 minutes uh, because the moment you take a break, that means they're they're breaking through lines and you have to run back further. And now you're maybe even giving up a chance. And his ability to um, attack and create offense and get back in position and then energy-wise close again it is really something that I, I feel like a player at his age I didn't quite expect it to be so polished and so effective but it was such a good part of our dynamic group last year in terms of when we defended well and then go went forward and scored goals or when we decided to press and win up high and then his ability to just hold the ball when we need it held when, when there's dealing with a lot of, of pressure and we need to have an outlet and his ability to almost like turn and spin and get up the field um it's, it's really tough on a lot of teams. Like I said, he, he is a very unique player. I, I can't think of a lot of players in the league like him. Um, in general, yeah. if you ask me about a player, but, oh, he's like this guy or that guy. He is very, very unique compared to most players in our league. Yeah, his work rate reminds me of when, when Roman Metonier was in his prime here. And you just saw Roman busting up and down that right side of the field, game in and game out, minute in, minute out, from minute one to minute 90. He was up and down the field, and, and Bongi does that same exact thing for the loons, whichever side of the field he's on, he'll, he's, it feels like he just never stops running. And, and yeah, it, his work rate is, is one of the more impressive things, including uh, even when you're talking about the goal scoring that he put in last year. I love that name drop Roman. You're right. I mean, that first year he was flying. It, it really was, uh, I think a, a unique team in the league. The amount of uh, miles he covered per game was unbelievable. Yeah. A couple of other young guys that we haven't touched on quite a bit yet. Uh, Song Bin Young, you mentioned, has had a good preseason, came in last year. Uh, stop start for him. A uh, little bit of a struggle getting adapting to the league. 
but uh, really excited to see how he's able to adapt and uh, his development into this year. And then you got Taniel Luase, who went out on loan, 25 appearances uh, for San Antonio in the USL Championship last year, 16 goals, seven assists. As we mentioned, there's there's a lot of attackers, a lot of a dynamic play that can be had up there. Not a lot of positions. How do you see these guys fitting in? Because there's just not a lot of room, but there's a lot of talent up top for the Loons this year. Well, again, I, I think the the reality is um, you, you need more than 11 players to really compete in this league. You need yeah. to make sure you're you're ready for a 34-game journey where you're getting better week in and week out, and you're pushing yourself to to be elite and, and to make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs. So um, you brought up two guys that we should all be excited for this year. You know, obviously, Sangbin, it is a huge jump sometimes for young guys to realize the challenges of this league, whether it be – the level on the field, the three time zones, the climates that we all play. And I think sometimes just as hard as it's maybe for an older player coming here, a younger player to adapt to all that, but combined with really getting settled and playing well on the field, um, it takes some time. And again, I, I think um, saying Ben has come in fit. I think he's worked really hard this preseason. You know, he's, he's shown an explosiveness that I think he showed some explosion last year, but even more this year, he's really trying to get in behind. He's really trying to use that, skill set to help us get more balls over the top and push teams back lines back. So excited for him, really excited because he's done a great job this preseason of really coming in super fit and then, you know, equating that to a really good preseason. Um, and then Tani is, is, is really, really fun because he left for a good loan where we're like, Hey, let's see how you do it. at just a level below, but below us and see how it goes. And he blew it out of the water. He, he yeah. was the best forward in USL and he has done a great job. I mean, a great job of really kind of using last year to start to develop the skill set where he wants to be one of the better forwards in MLS. He's still in an age where he's building all of those skill sets in and to have him, uh, you know, ready this year to contribute and ready to be part of the squad is exciting. You know, like you just said, we, we have some nice pieces where we've got some great core players and we've got some up and coming guys like this that are, are ready to really contribute when they can. And, and Tani is, is at a great point in his career where I think he's really every day he's learning something. He's working hard. Um, he, he has this ability and knack to play between the two forwards and get in behind, you know, his finishing gets better and better. So again, really excited for both these guys this year. We spent all this time on the, on the, the attack and the defense, but we've kind of just skipped over the midfield and uh, the midfield's returning. Will Trapp returning uh, Asani Dotson returning Kervin Ariaga. This is going to be a really interesting midfield this year. I mean, what Hassani did last year, I don't think gets enough credit because coming back from the ACL injury that ended 2022 early, and then he goes in and puts in as many games as he does, puts in as many minutes as he does, and it, he has a career year, four assists uh, in the league in league play. It's a career year, career high number for him. I thought he was outstanding, and especially coming off of that that season-ending injury in 2022. I think he didn't get enough credit for what he did for the squad last year. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. You know, he is a warrior. He's a battler. He's a two-way midfielder. Uh, Modern-day two-way midfielders are, are are maybe less a little bit, quote-unquote, creative, and they're more ready to contribute by keeping the ball in tough spots yeah. and getting in the box and then getting back on defense and battling again. And, you know, he certainly sometimes goes under the radar because he is, is that. He, he, he kind of does it every game. You know, every game – He's ready to take the tough hits. He's ready to keep the ball in tough spots and he's ready to, to, to run around and tackle. So I, I really like, um, particularly I, I mentioned a little bit about the Austin this weekend. 
Um, wherever we end up going with our midfield of those four guys, mm -hmm. uh, if it's two of the four or three of the four, I think we have a good chance to win the midfield this weekend based on the fact that Will Trap, tons of experience and ready to go usually from day one. Robin Lowe, tons of experience, you know, quality, touch. You know, it's it's really it's really like underrated for such a big guy. He almost has a hockey body, uh, but does so well. Uh, Kervin, obviously coming back from an injury, but busy, physical, tough. And then we mentioned Asani. So to me, again, we, we've got a lot of guys in there that I think can really come together. And, and you know, I think sometimes if, if there's a young kind of inexperienced midfield, I think we'll overwhelm them. And then we didn't even mention Alejandro Brown, the new Costa Rican midfielder. Uh, how do you see him fitting in? I, I think it's a great opportunity for me. He, he really had a great preseason as well. Um, this is a young kid that came from Costa Rica and he, he, I think he fits in perfectly with the group because he's an up and coming player and he's got a mixture of, of something like you say, Asani who's more of an experienced up and coming player now. And then we got your veterans like Will Trapp and Robin Lode. So it's a great opportunity for him. And he, he's got a skill set that won't drop that level. And that should push all of them to become a better version of themselves so they can both individually and collectively really have a good year as a group. And, um, I, you know, I've said this a lot. I know it's a positive time, but he's <laughs> another one that's had a really good preseason. So he, he's come in and hasn't missed a beat. A fun, fun fact about him, too, is I, I think he's done really well adapting to the culture. Um, you know, being from Costa Rica, sometimes it's, it's always a little bit of a stark change. And he's done a really good job of right away kind of learning about Minnesota, learning about Minnesota United, and really kind of absorbing more than just on the field stuff. He's done a great job off the field right now of, of really kind of embracing being part of the club. I don't know what you're talking about, getting used to Minnesota winters as opposed to I don't even know. Central American weather. <laughs> so true. Although this year we've already said yeah. this yeah. is one year. So. <laughs> hey, by the way, I, I mean, knock on wood, that weather for 1 p.m. on March 2nd right now Oof. looks pretty, pretty fun for a early March game. I'm gonna have to be gonna be able to wear shorts to the home opener. I don't think oh any gosh. Loons fans expected that for a March second game. I totally agree. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting as well. We've no, like actually, I think I have earlier that day I have a polar plunge, which is <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'll be cheating having it that warm. You're not uh, gonna be jumping off of ice. You're gonna be jumping off the dock essentially. Right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we're raising money for Special Olympics, by the way. So if you want to go mm -hmm. there, go and and donate. But. Uh, March 2nd will be a fun day, 1 p.m. That'll be a great kickoff day for uh, for the, the league. And playing against defending champs will be fun, too. You know, Absolutely. They, they are outstanding. They've got a great squad. Uh, it was probably one of the more exciting games we played them last year in League's Cup. So it should be a fun opener. And a guy you know well, Christian Ramirez, will be returning to Minnesota for the first time uh, since leaving the club all those years ago. Uh, that'll be interesting uh, to see his reaction. It'll be good to see him uh, return and uh, – although we wish it would be for Minnesota United playing in Allianz field, but uh, it's a guy, you know, well, yeah, yeah, no um, great history with Christian. I, I, it puts a big smile on my face when you bring it up. Um, you know, he, 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 the elements of his connection to our community, to the club, to winning, to the fans, uh, his, his arc of his great career, both here and, and in Europe and now back and winning championship um, more than I can't think of too many people that deserve the the, the kind of uh, uh, championship arc to win one than he did, and like he's so excited about that. And I, I just I'm 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 very excited to see our fans uh, celebrate him a little bit uh, outside of the competition of the game because I know 
uh, how much Christian appreciates Minnesota and appreciates the fans here and, and just the co-opportunities both created for his career and for our success. And so for me, it's going to be an exciting special day, uh, you know, and it's, it's nice. I've got all this gray hair now to look back and uh, remember some great memories with Christian. It'll be really fun for myself as well. I know other returning Minnesota sports legends who return on different teams generally haven't gotten warm receptions in other sports, but I I have a feeling there will be a very warm reception for Christian Ramirez uh, next week at home at the home opener. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I, I love our fans because I I think they're uh, honest in the right moments. And I think they're supportive of the club in the right moments, meaning that, you know what, I think they understand uh, what Christian has meant to this club and vice versa. Again, I, I think if you had Christian on, he would say what what the Minnesota fans have meant to his career. So for me, I think there'll be a, a nice moment there. Um, and then I get my ruthless competitive side. I'm like, let's go take care of the champions and make them yep. feel like it's cold here and make sure we uh, we take care of business. Absolutely. Uh, we spent all that time uh, talking about the roster and how it's going to fit together. But we didn't. The one question I wanted to get to was how this how this roster will fit with and how they'll accommodate to the high press that you mentioned at the beginning, because obviously that's not how they played in the past. So it'll be a very big difference for them. How do you see it all fitting together with this new look? Well, I, again, it's, it's important as we build into like, you know, a, a model where we want to try to have an identity to, to win both at home and away. And it, it's going to be a model that's adaptable. It's going to be a model that makes sure, we understand that we we play in three climates. We we travel a lot, um, and we have to kind of make sure we're pushing ourselves and the entire club, by the way, to really pushing to create the identity that we want to create. And and ultimately, for me, uh, the transition this year, as tough as it was, it's about the aspirational goal of of winning and and really you know trying to win championships and win trophies, and to try to figure out the best way to do that. So for me, um, I'm excited for the journey to start. I'm excited to see where it goes, and I don't think it'll be perfect to all at once, or if it is, it'll still be a challenge to build into the journey of the story of this group pushing us to hopefully playoffs and a playoff run next year. So ultimately, again, it, it starts with the little details of every day, uh, the club committing to, to the success and the team and the goals of, of training hard, preparing well, making sure we're ready to compete every day. And I think that kind of mentality will, will lend itself to the team doing well uh, week in and week out. Absolutely. It's going to be a busy next week or so as the season starts this Saturday at Austin. And then you got the home opener uh, the following Saturday, 1 p.m. against Columbus Crew at Allianz Field. Uh, In between them, there's plenty of events to go to for Minnesota United across the Twin Cities. The season opener watch party presented by Coors Light February 24th this Saturday. Twins or Loons fans can join the Loons at Brits Pub to watch the season opening game. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. with kickoff at 7.30. In-house DJ as well as Loons mascot PK and the Allianz Stadium public address announcer at Brits Pub this Saturday. There's open training presented by Nutrisource on February 27th. Uh, opening train Open training at Allianz Field. Loons fans can attend. Tickets open for open training are free, but Twins or but Loons fans must claim their ticket ahead of entry into the stadium. And then the bangers only ball presented by wild state cider, February 29th, Minnesota United will host the second annual bangers only ball presented by wild state cider at the iconic Minneapolis music venue. First Avenue on Thursday, February 29th, plenty to get excited about over the next uh, week or so, Manny. Yes, there is. And I'm going to throw out two of them that you said, and you can make me talk about more, but for me, First of all, 27th Allianz Field, uh, open practice. Mm-hmm. It's rare that we get to go to the stadium. It's rare that we're going to be training 
this early at the stadium prior to a game when they have to make sure the field is ready and it's trying to thaw and get heated and all that. So I would encourage anybody to get out there. It'd be a great environment. Um, a lot of our players have had a long, great preseason, but not a lot of it was in Minnesota. And it'll be their first time at Allianz Field. It'll be their first time training on that field. Um, and that energy and the kind of connection of, of a training session is a little bit different in a game. I think anybody that is interested in going, you should go. You would love it. You'd love to see the guys and prepare uh, for Saturday. And I think there'll be a nice energy about getting ready for that home opener. And, and a lot of our guys who haven't been in Allianz Field, um, we should take pride. I and mean, it's such an awesome stadium. And when we have new guys come in and experience it for the first time, you'll feel their energy. So that's fun. Um, and then bangers only ball. Um, I get to kind of help host a little bit. I think I get to kind of talk at, at this iconic music venue that we all love. First half's mm -hmm. amazing. Um, I think the lead singer of hippocampus is going to, is going to be there and, and performing. And it is, you know, this is the second year, so it's not necessarily a tradition yet, but I encourage everybody to come out and support it. Cause I think it's such a cool thing when the club kind of combines, uh, something like this with, uh, our sport, because, First half is iconic. It, it kind of has a cool synergy of our celebration of kicking off the year. So again, that's on the next Thursday. It's an awesome event. Like I said, I really encourage anybody to go out, uh, have fun, listen to good music, uh, and get ready for that weekend game. Absolutely. Uh, any favorite opening season opening memories for you from your past? Oh, are we? How far are we going back here? However far you want to go. Uh, I'll. I. I mean, I still. Uh, I, I I will say this. I I I will painfully love always our, our snow opener. Yeah. Um and I take away the competitive side and, and that was disappointing. But it, it's a nice reminder of of our fan base uh and the belief in the club and the belief in the journey. And you look at where we started there and then where we ended up, you know, in the, the three years building up to the playoff run at Allianz Field. So I love the opener by Lance Field and that first goal by Ozzy Alonso, you know, building up that week. We had so many front office staff, and I think just worked for so many years on getting that stadium ready and, and getting it going. And then the technical staff, you know, working so hard on the three-year build of that roster to make sure it was competitive for that first year of Lance Field. That, that goal kind of almost, to me, released so much energy and pressure on, on all sides and, and to have the fans sharing it. And, and then when you live it and you have the fans – live their own stress and feeling and just like, you know, it, oh, we're not going to lose right away in the stadium. We're going to start winning and making a fortress right away. That's probably one of my favorite moments. Yeah. As, as much as I know it's a pain to deal with, I love snow openers. I wish they would become more of a uh, tradition, but obviously the weather's got to cooperate. Uh, I always like uh, weather, weather impact the games. I think it's funny. I think it brings a level of chaos. I know it's not the perfect picture of the sport that you want to see, but I think it adds a new element or different element and that you don't get to see often, but snow openers, I wish were a, a tradition as, as, uh, as we all hope they, as at least I hope they would, but uh, they are not, and they will not be this year as we are looking outside our windows and seeing 50 degrees and sunny, but you know, I like snow openers. I always go back to the home opener of Allianz Field that first year. That was the first year that I was on the broadcast doing that game with Cal and Kendra and Dan on the broadcast. It was really fun, especially with the snow that had fallen, I think, like two two nights or one night before. And it just piled up on the sidelines. And for a national television audience, I think it was a cool sight to see. And uh, I'm looking forward to the, the season opener this Saturday against Austin. Good feelings about it. And then hosting 
Columbus, the defending champs at Allianz Field next Saturday as well, 1 p.m. Uh, kickoff time for that. Manny, excited to talk to you this week. Looking forward to doing this podcast weekly throughout the season. Love it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Looking forward to a great year, exciting year. Again, a lot of stuff going on uh, with the team, which is exciting. So now we start playing. And ultimately, that's why we're here is to play the games and, uh, you know, push to win a trophy. Been a long off season, but here we are. The the season yeah, yeah. is almost at hand. Just a cool 48 hours away. Really excited to get going. Manny, good talking to you. We will talk to you uh, later on this season. Likewise. Thank you very much. Loans fans, thanks for thanks for joining us this week, and we'll talk to you next week.